0: Star Wars has been exploring the storytelling potential of video games since the 1990s, but it was a 2003 role playing game that would take interactive and immersive Star Wars storytelling to a new level. That game was, of course, Knights of the Old Republic, and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host again for today, Johnny Maynard. I promise one day we will get someone else uh, to host a Legends show. Uh, But for now, (laughs) it's me. But as ever, I am not alone. Um, I'm beyond thrilled to be joined today by two people who know today's subject matter way better than I do. Um, And I can't think of two better guides through the world of Knights of the Old Republic. I'm talking, of course, about Brian and Cassia from the Old Republic podcast. Brian and Cassia, hi.
1: Hello.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: (laughs) Good, all good here. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be talking to you guys about this today. Um, you guys have been talking about this game for a few years now. Uh, I first started listening to the Old Republic podcast back when it was still called the Evan Hawk podcast. Why don't you tell the folks listening a little bit about the show?
1: Yeah, for sure, Cassio. Why don't Why don't you take it away? Uh, you are the uh, You are the uh, creator uh, here of the the podcast. <laughs> the founder
0: of the face.
2: That's yeah, right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when we started the podcast. Honestly. Um, I think it was like the tail end of like 2019 and then like, uh, kind of like when we were kind of starting to really figure things out after episode nine came out, Corona happened. And then, Mm. uh, a couple years into the podcast, um, Brian, uh, became the new co-host and we kind of just talk about all things Knights of the Old Republic one and two, Occasionally some SWOTOR, but I think our bread and butter uh was definitely the Kotor one and two those those mm-hmm. games and some of the expanded bits and we love talking about the hero's journey as well and uh kind of this summer and fall, Brian and I have been having fun, uh kind of like I think we've gotten up to episode four uh talking about the hero's journey and stuff so yeah i I saw i saw that
0: dropping into my feed uh very very recently yeah
1: yeah yeah that's right yeah i joined in on the podcast on episode 62 i think it was cassie keeps me straight on my numbers but i think it was 62 uh when i joined joined in officially i had been on the pod uh before that as a guest and then uh kind of took over as a co-host when the uh the original uh co-host uh you know, left the podcast and we're getting ready to celebrate episode number 200. I think we had 192 just came out uh, this week as of recording. So uh, getting close to another milestone for us. So that's pretty exciting. And yeah, we just have a, a really fun time talking about uh Nice of the Old Republic, you know, kind of breaking it down uh, story wise, uh, kind of when I first joined the podcast, we were going through and uh, kind of idealizing. The Kotor story as uh, kind of a cinematic adaptation, so we kind of went through that and you know do yeah, uh, deep dives on the on the characters and stuff like that. So um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been quite the journey, uh, just like you get in good old Knights of the Old Republic.
0: Fantastic, and you're also in the process of producing an audio drama based on the game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So
2: I ended up kind of writing it just for fun. Uh, mm-hmm. We ended up dividing it into three sections just so we didn't have to score the whole thing at once and like voice act the whole thing all at once, do all the sound effects all at once. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's an audio drama kind of based upon, um, my take on, um, kind of how Bastila's story starts. Like you get to see the Jedi strike team and, uh, uh, you get to see the Jedi Council on Dantooine and the choices they make as a result of the Jedi Strike Team's,
0: yeah, you know,
2: encounter. I'm trying to keep it very vague. And yes. then you get to see the results of, like, Bastila's story in KOTOR 1 and kind of the intersections with, like, the dark, the light, and all of that. So, Brian's helped me a lot.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. What stage are you at with that in terms of getting it ready for release or wider consumption?
1: Yeah, so we had the uh, the first part uh, came out, uh Bachelor Strike came out in... Uh, about two months ago, I guess. Um, mm. Part two is uh, going to be coming out here in the not-too-distant future. We just have a uh, teaser for that, I think, going up onto our YouTube stream uh, this week, I think, actually. Um, and as soon as we're, we're just waiting on a little bit of the music to finish up, and hopefully we'll have that done and put together here um, in the next... Uh, I don't know, uh, three, four weeks, three weeks, maybe, probably, yeah, yeah just a couple, Amazing. just a couple of weeks. We'll have that, and then it'll be uh, time to turn the attention to uh, part three. So it's a three-part audio drama, and you know, by far the the biggest project. Um, in terms of something like this, that, you know, either of us have, have worked on between, you know, having it, uh, scored by some, you know, professional musicians and, uh, yeah. voice actors, uh, coming together and doing that. It's been quite the, quite the process, but it's been a lot of fun to get put together and, uh,
0: really happy with the way it's coming out. So very excited to get part two out. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I can't wait to give it a listen. Um, getting back to the game, uh, cause there's a lot to talk about here. Um, so this game was released in 2003, directed by Casey Hudson, designed by James Olin, written by Drew Carpetian. I didn't realize this until I was prepping for this episode, that Drew Carpetian wrote the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with, with that name um, from, from from the novels, Darth Bane novels, Deceived, and I think he did, he did the Revan novel as well, right? He did,
2: yeah. Yeah, I loved that novel, so...
0: And originally, this was released for Xbox and PC, but it's now available on other platforms, uh, including iOS for for iPhones and iPads, and indeed the Nintendo Switch. I didn't catch up with it, actually, until it dropped on iOS in sort of, I guess, sometime around 2015 was my first playthrough on my phone. I was kind of Hmm. catching up with it uh, on my daily commutes on, on my train. Oh, cool. And and then finally, when it when it hit Switch, um, more recently, I, I was able to play it through um, again this year um, on a slightly slightly larger screen on, on the Switch. Um, which which was you're graduating, was... you're graduating. Yeah, up, indeed. Up in so, so someday I might play it on like a proper, you know, a proper big screen and actually plug the Switch into the TV. Uh, but yeah, you know, commandeering the family living room for the thirty five hours of gameplay <laughs> that it takes me to get through. Is probably a big ask for the family. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I mean, as I said, the last time I played this through, it it did take me 35 hours to get through. And of course, that is just one version of the story. uh, You know, and and on all all of the playthroughs of this game that I've done before, I always play what was kind of the quote-unquote canonical version of the story or later established to be the canonical version of the story, i.e. male protagonist who leans towards the light side Um, but there are different ways to progress through this game and, and different ways to finish this game could one of you maybe tell folks listening a little bit about that you know the choices that you were faced with in terms of designing your character and the paths that are available to you through the game
1: yeah, absolutely. So when you first uh, load the game up, kind of the first thing that you're going to do is you're basically going to uh, pick your character, uh, be it a, a male character or a female, and then you get to go through your character design, stuff like that. But then you're uh, kind of given given a choice. Uh, do you want your character to be a soldier? Uh, do you want them to be a scoundrel? Or do you want them to be a scout? And those have kind of different... Uh, skill sets. Um, as you play the game, you can uh, make a lot of different choices in terms of if you want to go in, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, guns out, blast your way through the things. If you want to uh, try to sneak around, if you want to be more diplomatic, or, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, pull something over on someone. So it's it's really going to kind of set up the way that you're going to play the game. Um, in terms of that, and then once you get into the game, um, this is you know a full-blown RPG. It's based on a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons uh, sort of gameplay elements and that uh, d20 kind of dice system. So uh, it it really is going to you know factor in pretty greatly kind of those first decisions that you make in terms of what kind of character class you have. But then the story unfolds differently depending on if you are playing a male protagonist or a female protagonist, which was really you know, ahead of its time in terms of of video games and the way that you could have these branching story paths going. And then obviously this is a Star Wars game. So uh, if you do good things, you're going to go uh, light side. If you do bad things, you're going to go uh, dark side. And then uh, those paths uh, lead you down different paths as well.
0: Fantastic. So, I mean, I I guess I'd like to focus on the canonical. I keep using inverted commas for canonical. uh, Not that anybody listening can see that. Um, (laughs) Because I, I, I... I guess I I always shy away from using the word canon when we're talking about the legends stuff because I don't want people to get confused. It's it's not that the
2: legendary canonical, you know, rabbit. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I want to focus on that sort of canonical version of the story today, as we sort of fold this game into our sort of chronological trot through the legends continuity um, on Legends Library so looking at sort of a male protagonist who leans towards and finishes the story on the light side of the Force to give folks listening who who maybe don't know the game and the story that well a bit of context. The background to the story is that two Jedi Revan and Malak after defeating the Mandalorians in, in war have returned to the Republic to Republic space as Sith Lords somehow bringing fresh war to the galaxy and as the game opens, Revan has been defeated seemingly by Jedi Bastila Shan, but Malak remains at large. Uh, and the premise sees you, as a somewhat amnesiac character visited by sort of vision-like dreams, uh, wake up aboard uh, a Republic ship, the Endar Spire, during a battle with Sith forces. And the ship has been boarded, you have to fight your way through, and eventually using an escape pod and crashing on the planet Taris. Uh, you're raided initially by a Republic soldier called Carthornassi, who wants to find Bastil Shan, uh, who was also on the doomed ship. Uh, and over time, the player's party grows, You're traveling from Taras to other planets, such as Dantooine, Tatooine, Kashyyyk, Manan, Korriban, uh, and the Rakatan world of, of Um, The player's power and the force grows too, as, as Bastila takes you on as an apprentice, uh, which makes those decisions about whether or not to shun the dark side all the more important. So folks, th- this is the first time that we've talked about a game this show because we're more often than not talking about books and comics uh, it's the earliest game in the legends timeline uh, and i'm conscious that some listeners may not be familiar with this style of game how it delivers story how character dialogue and combat works um could one of you maybe tell the folks listening a bit about how that stuff works here
2: so like kind of like uh how it's an rpg and it's a it's a 3d game uh i think it was actually the 3d game it's kind of meant to evoke the style of the original trilogy in look and everything but the cool thing is it's four thousand years ago so like this story doesn't impact luke skywalker's canonical journey so mm-hmm. uh it's kind of like you are playing an old uh like a an original trilogy story in a prequel trilogy world but like yeah, It's 4,000 years uh, before everything. And you get to, like Brian said, you get to choose male or female. You get to choose your classes uh, before you're a Jedi and after you're a Jedi. You get to choose your lightsaber color, you know, and like what armors you want to wear.
0: That must be the first time that we ever had that opportunity in a Star Wars game, Sure. It is,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had to like really make it... Uh, story feature too because that first Lucasfilm mm. was like um there's blue green and red and that's it and uh just like they had to be like uh okay so we're gonna have to uh, create different uh Jedi classes so we can have more colors because you know mm. like as much as I love blue green and red like it's fun just to like have like you no know, purple or orange lightsabers mm. you know yeah. so yeah yeah
0: yeah i'm I'm always team or, orange or yellow for some reason i don't know why this is you know i do like yellow yeah be, be, be it kotor or or more recent things like the jedi survivor this year i always end up chucking mm. a, ye- a yellow saber on there or an orange one i don't know why i think it's, it's because we don't see them very often
1: yeah. yeah yeah they're they're very novel kind of in that sense and yeah so when, when you get the chance and and it's it's fun and it's it's magical when you first uh first you know, build your lightsaber and, uh, you know, fire it up. And then you can, you can play around with the the mm-hmm. colors and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that was all, you know, very, very interesting. And, you know, kind of the first time that we as Star Wars fans were able to, to do something like that. Um, in terms of the yeah. gameplay, I mentioned it a little bit, you know, it's kind of this, uh, this D20 Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing that uh, Bioware had really, uh, you know, kind of cut their teeth on in terms of uh, video game making. So uh, when you, when you kind of, Get into the game and you, and you start there, um, and get into, you know, your your battle systems and things. It's 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 not like a it's not like a fluid, um, action adventure game like you think of when you think of you know the uh, Jedi fallen Order or Jedi Survivor that yeah, came out yeah, yeah. um you know earlier this year. Um, it, it's very much kind of this this point, <laughs> you know, virtual kind of behind the scenes dice roll, but really you're kind of queuing up your your attacks, you're queuing up your um your force powers and your you know. Uh, your healing and, and stuff like that so it's it's more of a traditional RPG in that sense mm-hmm. um and the way that the game plays out
0: yeah, so it's it's kind of this interesting mix of sort of real time and turn based, isn't it? It it is turn based, but it still sort of feels real time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you're yeah you're putting in kind of your your commands that you know will come later, but you're still able to move around the environment. You're still able to to kind of select yeah. different enemies to to attack or completely ignore. Um, you know, it it all comes down to kind of on how you want to play that game, and that's why kind of the the character creation is is really important, especially you know, kind of in your first, you know, playthrough or a couple of playthroughs of the game because it's going to kind of impact the way that your your character interacts in this world, um, you know, be it in the, in the terms of combat or uh, how they're interacting with uh, other characters in the world.
0: Interacting with other characters in the world. I mean, there's a lot of dialogue in the game. Mm-hmm. Know, th- th- there's a lot of chat. Um, how does that work?
2: Well, it's, it's kind of like a dialogue tree. Uh, so you... Mm. You get the information, like, um, I think it's, like, blue text on, like, a, a black screen. You know, you see everyone's talking, and there's, like, usually, like, what do you say? There's, like, uh, one to three or four options, usually, of, like, dialogue mm-hmm. trees. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah and... yeah and they're they're pretty uh they're pretty uh rudimentary a lot of times um mm. you know in terms because the dialogue tree is something that um you know really you know kind of bioware went on to you know greatly evolve. improve into like the and mass effect games and stuff like that but but here you know you get you get one that's that's you know kind of geared more at the light side obviously one that's geared more kind of at the dark side and then kind of kind of one that you know kind of kind of straddles you know both it's of those, those lines <laughs> yeah pretty pretty much so
0: yeah your, your options very often are quite black and white it's are you going to be nice, or are you going to be a, an absolute scumbag? Or are you kind of just going going down the middle this time?
2: No, we should let the orphans die, you know? Like exactly. Sometimes it's exactly. like that.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's good. You know, it's, it's, so, sometimes it's very absolutely goody-two-shoes or absolute mustache-twirling awfulness, <laughs> you know? Um, right. And it, it, this is an aside, but I, I recently... Re- played the second kotor game this year for the first time and I thought the dialogue options there were a lot more nuanced in comparison mm-hmm. actually um but that, that, that's probably Definitely. another conversation for 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 another episode um okay that's that, that's that's really useful how do you guys enjoy the game mechanics yourselves because I I will confess that I, I'm not the biggest RPG fan and I guess as we, as we said some the dialogue occasionally feels a bit sort of obvious and it's a little bit clunky sometimes that kind of mechanic but in spite Mm -hmm. of that in spite of my I guess inherent resistance to that type of game I find myself getting sucked into this story every time I play it you know Um, Mm -hmm. what about you guys
2: yeah I find I'm the same way I think I have definitely fallen in love with the story and the characters like for me Mm. it's like the Star Wars story, like, I'll always love, you know, the, the movies and everything, but I think, like, KOTOR is just how my brain, like, interprets Star Wars, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a story I love talking about, we've talked about it so much, and I'm, like, uh, I just keep on talking about it, but, um, I think what holds a lot of people back from delving into the story is just um the style of combat um Mm -hmm. yeah and it kind of holds me back from wanting to replay it sometimes and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just an artifact of the time it came out um i just think that um the current gaming landscape it's i don't know like kind of more button mashing rather than like uh 20 rolls you know
0: i sometimes mash that button anyway when i'm queuing up my actions <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm doing a fair amount of that you
1: hit the button and it makes you go faster for sure on there um <laughs> no i i am the completely the same way and i've played the game you know several times and uh, you know now when i play it i'm playing it you know on my on my pc you know through steam uh or whatever um so to think back playing it on the original xbox which was how i was introduced to the game like that boggles my mind how how did i play this game uh with that xbox controller that's wild to me um mm. it it is and i could i could see definitely um for like like young kids you know you're coming off of like like playing you know a Fortnite or um something like that and then you come over to here and you're like this is clunky as all as all get out every time i f- fire up a new uh game i'm like this is clunky as all get out but by the time i'm off of endar spire like i've i've almost just kind of like like made peace with it that that's that's what it is yeah. and and then you're just there for the story so i feel like it it's kind of like this hurdle that you have to like climb over to like get in to the like door of the knights of the old republic yeah. club but once you're yeah. inside i think that it's fine i think it it greatly kind of you know you know, kind of kind of goes away like the the obstacle yeah. kind of goes away once you get into it, you know, after you've played it for the first, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Then you can kind of just just go about your business Um, and then being, yeah. you know, an RPG, you can really put as much time and effort into fighting and battling and, and those systems as you want to. Um, so people that are really into like Dungeons and Dragons, that D20 system, um, there's a lot of joy to be had there, and the way that you can mix and match your your armor and weapons and upgrades and stuff like that. Or uh, maybe you don't want to fight at all, and you can uh, just go like down the scoundrel route and uh, sneak around more Nick and wing. stuff like that. Yeah. So so it gets uh, <laughs> it it goes that way too. But I will say yeah. it it is pretty clunky. But but for me, I can I I kind of get through that first section, and then the clunkiness kind of fades away.
0: The, this, this analogy has never occurred to me before and this this may be the most Irish thing I've ever said on this podcast, but um, it's kind of like Guinness. You've got to drink enough of it to get the <laughs> taste of it, to get the taste for it. You know, you need to push through sometimes and once you've got the taste for it, it's fine. Um, That's a, yeah. I, I, I say that as someone who's never actually got the taste for Guinness. I think it's um, a <laughs> file. But uh, I certainly got the taste for KOTOR um, and despite all of my reservations about the style of gameplay. The story is great, and so let's move on and talk about the story. Um, There's a big plot twist in this game that that many folk will know, and some folk won't. And before we get into it, I want to kind of have a spoiler-free chat about whether you knew the twist before your first playthrough, and whether you think knowing the twist in advance diminishes the story experience in in any way. What do you think, Cassia?
2: Um, so literally before I even played it, uh, my friend, uh, I was like in middle school, I think, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was in the back of the bus. My friend was telling me about a video game and he's like, yeah, it's so great. Uh, like you get to try on all these different kinds of armor. You get to be a Jedi. You can choose the color. It has a plot twist. Do you want to hear it? And I was like, yeah, I'm probably never going to play it. So. Tell me and uh it's just funny because here I am talking about it all this time later. But Uh that's how great the the plot twist was because even though I ended up picking up the game and playing it, um, I was like, There's no way what my friend told me, like he was telling me the truth or that's accurate. But Mm. I even knew the twist and it still like uh took me uh back, you know. I was just like, Oh man, like what about you, Brian? I forget.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I did not know the twist. I played this um, not right when it came out, but you know, kind of in within that next year, and you know, the internet certainly wasn't uh, what it is like now. So I was going in pretty fresh, you know, uh, blind to the story, stuff like that. Um, I do think that uh, any of your listeners out there, um, Johnny, if if they've n- not played the game, but but they kind of know the the twist, they know kind of the general storyline. I think it's still a very worthwhile to go and see how that twist unfolds because even yeah you know having having played it you know several times through myself the way the way that it builds to it the way that the story is structured kind of around it and the way that it happens is um every every time I play it I'm still kind of I don't want to say I'm not dumbfounded by it anymore but I'm still like oh yeah this this has happened and this is how it Mm. happens and it's it's just it's just really great and it's it's such great storytelling um which is you know uh, why cassie and i love the game so much that it's it's worthwhile playing just to um even if even if you know the the plot twist to find out how they did the plot twist it's worth it's worth looking
0: into yeah yeah i i didn't know the twist you know it sort of dawned on me as I was playing through where we were headed. Um I I guess. Um and it that was partly, I think, informed by my awareness of the popularity of a certain character in mm-hmm. the sort of the the, the the fan consciousness that if that character is so important, there needs to be a role for them here if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're kind of tuned into to expecting some kind of reveal at some point. Um, okay. So spoiler gloves off. Um, if you really don't want to find out from us, get the to a switch or to a PC or to a, fire up an, a, a wheezing Xbox, do whatever you need, an, an iPhone, do whatever you need to do and then come back and this episode will be waiting for you. Um, for everyone else who's still with us. Um, yeah, so so the player is an amnesiac Revan, um, stri- stripped of his memories by the Jedi and, and then retrained by them as a Padawan uh, and sent off on this mission to, to find something called the Star Forge that will lead him into an inevitable confrontation with his um, former apprentice, Malak. It's a pretty wild story. Um, but what you know. oh, is it like the jedi are gaslighting this guy from the get-go, basically. um why does it work so well, or at least why does it work so well for you, Brian?
1: Uh yeah, so it it is a very wild story. Um, it, it is pretty crazy if you if you distill it down to that, uh, you know, that line there of these things that happen, uh, to yourself. You know, the player character, Revan, for sure. But I think that it it works really well because video games are very interesting. Um, and it kind of started happening, you know, kind of in the early two thousands, two thousand three. Um, you know, when this game came out. But video games have the benefit now, um, kind of at this point of being, you know, completely cinematic, like your favorite movie. Yeah but they have the the length and the storytelling ability of a book because they're very long. Um, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. So you're able to really, um, you know, kind of, kind of play that out and string it along and string that reveal along and make it believable um, in, in a way that is just really brilliant um, And the way or in the reason I think that it's really brilliant is because it's you, you are, this character right the game starts up and you're making a character right so um you know most people i i assume that's that's what i did i made the character look like myself i was playing as myself it was the first time i was ever you know seeing myself in any sort of star wars sort of thing Um, that's amazing so you're you're playing through it you're talking to all these characters um, and there's a part of your brain that's identifying the story you know with with being you right or you're at least Mm. kind of participating in the world of star wars in some way so at the time that you get to that reveal you've invested a lot of hours of your life into being with this character and these locations uh, meeting this other uh, cast of crew that's going to go on this journey with you and i think that that's
0: why it works cassie what about you
2: yeah, I echo what you say, Brian, and I'm just so glad that this kind of twist was utilized here uh, in this way because the way the game is set up, um, I think like Bioware was like, yeah, we could kind of make it so like the false identity, like you kind of created the false identity. Um, I'm kind of glad like this wasn't like just a three episode arc kind of thing like in the clone wars you know like Mm. it got to be a 30 40 hour video game uh told like in a completely new time period and kind of looking like when it came out like 2003 like the matrix fight club born identity were coming out you had Mm -hmm. these these big twists psychological thriller uh twists like in a post 9 11 world where you were kind of getting um The prequel trilogy star wars was alive again um Mm. it just it just works so well and um i just think it's so cool as a story um because i mean i i tried to go dark side a few times but i'm just a baby and i really can't like
0: (laughs) can't um, do it can't do it yeah (laughs) um no i feel i feel that i feel that (laughs) i i I have i have never before thought of darth revan as uh Tyler Durden to my self-created <laughs> characters back. Um, now you do that... <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I it's interesting. Some of what you you, you were saying there, Brian, around if you're looking, hinting at the immersiveness of the whole thing as, as part of the reason mm-hmm. that that story works so well. So, I guess going back to sort of. You as the player being invested in in the character you, you've created, um, the, the the game does a really good job of creating a, a pretty immersive world. You know, even though by modern standards that you know it's, it's it probably looks a bit clunky. The planet maps are probably quite small now in comparison to you know, mm-hmm. what, what folk might be used to. You know, Breath of the Wild it ends, um, but. What are some of the features of the game and or storytelling that help to make it so immersive? do you think Cassia?
2: I definitely think the music um mm. and just how uh each um of the worlds kind of just is different um terrace especially even though like in some parts I'm like, why do we spend uh twenty hours on terrace? I want to be a jedi um <laughs> The way they set that world up um you kind of you kind of start from the top and then you go to like the the bottom you know it's kind of mm. like an inverted uh dante's uh, divine comedy you know like you start from the mm. bottom or you start from the the top of terrace and y- as you go lower it gets worse you know and uh
0: you yeah, kind of think got that, like... like the upper city and the lower city and is there something before the under city
2: uh, Middle City, I think. Middle
0: City, yeah.
2: I probably am yeah. getting that wrong. So, and they'll be like, "You, you yeah, never yeah. played Kotor before?" And I like, "Sorry, <laughs> like never have."
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the, 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 the. There, there are thirty-five, forty hours of gameplay here. You, it's impossible, I think, to keep to retain everything in your brain at once. That's um, funny. yeah. So yeah, it's it sort of. Terrasol was sort of slightly sort of coruscant liked to me. It's, we only see the city, I guess, in this game yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. so it, it's got that kind of vibe to it so certainly in the upper city anyway uh, the lower levels though certainly don't feel that much like the lower levels of Coruscant that we've seen it gets pretty grim pretty quickly
2: I mean there's mm-hmm. zombies in this one so I'd, I'd say it's worse than lower levels <laughs> yeah. of Coruscant so.
0: there, there, there weren't any toxic rock ghouls rocking around in uh, <laughs> level 1313 13 or wherever we ended up in, in the Clone Wars yeah That's right
2: yeah, Dantooine, It's kind of like a an outback kind of Midwest, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's there's Tatooine. In case you don't know what Tatooine looks like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a desert. You know, you watch Dune or something. Too bad there's never been, you know, an on-screen depiction of of oh, Tatooine yeah. ever. That's unfortunate. <laughs> you know? But uh, that's one of those <laughs> things.
0: Ta- landing on tatooine for the first time is a real treat you know because you, mm-hmm. you for the first time ever in a, in, a, in a very immersive story you are there the, it's the architecture that you're familiar with it's the glaring sunshine you know there are jawas rocking around it's you know it, you feel like you're there uh, mm-hmm. It's a very immersive Star Wars experience. It, it's for, for me anyway. First, on first playthrough, it was it was the moment in the game where I f- really felt like I was in sort of a really familiar piece of Star Wars. You know,
1: yeah, for sure. And there's there's enough kind of familiarity uh, there in the story and the locations, um, and and kind of the way the characters interact um, that keep you rooted firmly in Star Wars, but it's, it's new enough that it keeps you interested. So you'd, you'd mentioned Tatooine, right. And, um, you know, Tatooine's a place that we're all, you know, very familiar with from, from the films and, and the books and stuff, but we're, you know, we're landing, um, at, at a different place in and Tatooine, right. So it's, it's kind of a new area or, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. Dantooine. This is, this is a place, you know, that we, that we heard, you know, Princess Leia say, but we've never, we've never been there. So, so we know of mm-hmm. Dantooine, but we don't, we've never been there or, you know, the same with, the Kashyyyk, right? Um, you know, it's a it's a place that you you kind of you know catch glimpses of, I guess, in Revenge of the Sith. But um, now it's a place that you get to go and and kind of explore, right? And you're like, oh, okay, so this is this is familiar, but it's also new. And I think that that part of it is uh, pretty immersive to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Something you mentioned there about Dantooine fired something in my brain, which was I we saw a little bit of Dantuing in the uh, the Tales of the Jedi comics from the nineteen nineties. Um, mm-hmm. they, I guess they did, they, they, at some point the writers latched on to this reference from the original movie and thought okay there's a planet that we haven't been to yet and um, we're actually in, we first meet the the guy who becomes dark Jedi Exar um there and he you know, he's having a duel with his master and his fellow apprentices in, in sort of an area on the Dantooine Plains with sort of some tumbled down ruins um, which looks very very familiar actually uh, very similar to the area where you meet Juhani in the game, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, and, and for me, one of the one of the reasons the game's so immersive is part. I, I love the Tales of the Jedi era comics. Um, they're they're nostalgic favorites for me. Uh, I didn't read all of them back in the nineties, but but I read some of them as a teenager in the nineties, um, and I've caught up with the rest of them since. And, and certainly had caught up with the rest of them before I played this game for the first time. And I was surprised at how steeped in that lore the KOTOR, the Kotor, both Kotor games are actually, but this mm-hmm. one in particular, you know, yeah. you, you could be talking to someone um and and suddenly you're you it's it's telling you lots of backstory about Ulik Keldrama and Exar Kun and all of these things that happened. I guess only several decades earlier, as far as these characters are concerned. Um mm-hmm. So, 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 all very much in the recent past, and that sort of for lore fans, I guess that's something that really helps bring you into the game too.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it's it's kind of an added bonus if you're into that because I had never really um, gotten into Tales of the Jedi and and that sort of storyline too much until uh, kind of more recently, um, having read those. So, you know, if you're if you're playing Knights of the Old Republic, your your knowledge of those stories aren't aren't necessary really at all. Um, mm. but if you're, if you are familiar with those, then you're going to pick up a piece of armor or something. And it's going to be like XR Kun's glove or something. You're going to be like, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's from that comic book. I knew that, um, uh, you yeah. know, uh, which, which is really cool. There's stuff like that. And then obviously, you know, there's, there's, uh, the stuff on, um, uh, which, you know, kind of, kind of ties more in a little bit more directly in that, but yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not like required reading for KOTOR, but, um, it's kind of the nice, I don't want to even call them like Easter egg, but it's the, kind of the nice like like nod to things where if you're a fan of something and want to go on a deeper dive, you get a little bit more out of yeah. it. But it's it's completely you know unnecessary to take in yeah. the story of Kotor.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, Kotor stands very much on its own too, story wise, and it's not fan service, but it's just sort of pe- peppering it with all these little references and nods and acknowledgements. Um, that as a continuity fan, I get this, this little sort of frisson of joy. You know, when when I come across those things, um, mm. so it, it is—it's a very immersive world, and there's lots of stuff to do. Too many things to do sometimes. Possibly, are, are there any optional things that either of you tend to rush through or or skip completely on repeat playthroughs of this?
2: I think there's like some speeder or is it swoop bike? The swoop, yeah,
0: swoop, yeah the, the swoop, swoop, bikes swoop thing, and, the, yeah slightly clunky, <laughs> <sweep> racing,
2: <laughs> yeah. kind of like pod racing, before there was pod racing, um, mm. and then there's like some Pazak in case you want to, you want to play like something like Blackjack, but Star Wars yeah, version. Space, space
0: Blackjack, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then there's kind of like, um, different side quests you can do, and like, the fun thing is like, maybe there's like a dark side, uh, A light side way to do it or just a couple different ways you can see how things turn out you know uh what do you you think brian
1: uh yeah for sure um anytime you could you know uh, not do any swoop racing basically i do the first one where you have to to yes uh, free bastila i do that one (laughs) and then i don't do it again uh not interested it's terrible um it it blows my mind that Star Wars Episode One Racer came out in 1999. So we couldn't have had like just like a smidgen of that. Why didn't they put that in the game? That would have been better super yeah. Racing than than what we got. That's bad. Um Pazak, uh not into Pazak really. Um I think it, I think it's a fine game. I actually like I wouldn't mind playing like Pazak, like an actual like hand of Pazak, but in the game I can't be bothered with it. So I always kinda yeah. kinda skip through that. Um so not not that much into that. Uh, the part of the game that you can't skip that I wish you could is the space battles, because uh, that is hard oh, and I'm terrible yes. at it. <laughs> um, and you have yeah. to, you, and you have to if you didn't remember to save before you started, then that's bad. Um, so yes. uh, I, I wish I, I wish I could skip that. Yeah, you just know, once mm-hmm. or twice
0: during the game, you find yourself uh, in a battle in between <laughs> planets, and it's kind of you're sitting in the gun turret of the Ebon Hawk, the ship that, that oh, you so much- on Taras. <laughs> And it's slightly. Oh, I'm trying to think of another game that it sort of reminds me of. It, it, it's almost like it's, it's, it's like X-wing good. versus Tie Fighter. If that
1: was terrible, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But X-wing versus Tie Fighter is not terrible. Yeah,
0: some of the, some of those slightly clunky vehicle levels of the Super Star Wars games on the SNES mm. or the Super Nintendo platform. That kind of it sticks yeah. out like a sore thumb as a mechanic that's completely <laughs> alien to this game. Um, and it, yeah it's a nice I mean, idea I,
1: but yeah i was gonna say i I love that they you know kind of swung for the fences and and included that stuff i think that that's great but i i don't <laughs> i don't love yeah. doing any of them um i do tend to kind of rush through terrace a little bit if i'm being honest especially now yeah. um that I've, I've played the game so many times i can i can get by without kind of all that story because you're on terrace for what feels like a really long time um and then you start to get into more of like the the side missions so that go along with the the characters that you're meeting throughout and i find that those are way more interesting and, you know, way yeah. more kind of world building and story building and character building uh, for me. Yeah. So I, I do tend to kind of rush through uh, terrace as much as I can. I just, I book it. I see the rancor down in the sewers. Um, I don't even try to try to
0: get it. Uh, you just, you yeah. run for the door
1: and hope for the best. That's, that's what I'm doing in terrace.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned there, uh, the, the various characters we meet and sort of the, the, how that opens up various side quests. Um, so yeah, throughout the game, you, you can take up to two companions with you as you venture out and explore each planet, and leaving the rest on the ship, the Ebon Hawk. And, and as you explore, you meet more and more of these companions until I think the party numbers ten in total, including yourself. Is that that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I kind of there, there so there's a lot of characters, but I, I don't I want to make sure we at least sort of name check each one um, and sort of say at least something about them. Um, so, so let me just t- take it in turn, start picking some favorites. Uh, um or, or just ones that popped up that you'd like to talk about uh, and, and see what happens. Um Cassia, why don't you go first? Any, any any particular favorites from the companion set?
2: Well, Ryan already knows what I'm gonna say. I really like uh Karth and Bastila. Uh Karth is like kind of the first uh character that joins your party besides Trask who dies are or- Rest in peace, Traskolgo. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, Carth. Um, he's like a a pilot. He is a veteran for the Republic. He wears an orange jacket, and uh, sometimes he doesn't want to talk to the player about his trust <laughs> issues. Uh,
0: no, and... we 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 talked about this a little bit in our in last week's episode because Karth Carth is a bit of a side player in the. KOTOR comics which we talked about in yeah. the last episode mm. of Legends Library um, and we got off on a little tangent about how he's 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 not the chattiest um, and <laughs> so, so sometimes the, 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 a few of us were saying sometimes we just end up just leaving him be <laughs> if he doesn't want to talk about it we'll just let him leave him alone.
2: He's just dealing with a lot I, I think yeah. I used to be like he's mm, stupid now I'm like leave him alone <laughs> he's going yeah. through a lot um, yeah <laughs> and I think uh, Bastila is maybe my favorite character in KOTOR, yeah, Yeah. because we ended up, yeah, writing the, I ended up writing the audio drama Triptych about her. I just think she has an interesting character arc, uh, because like the backstory of the, of the video game it's kind of like Bastila saves Revan and then the story of KOTOR is like Revan saves Bastila so it's kind of yeah. like uh, the force bonded these two very different people and had them save each other and mm. like you can add like a romance element to it but I'm like oh I just think that's poetic and beautiful you know and uh, yeah.
0: yeah it's yeah. fascinating that you're doing that audio drama and that sort of taking that taking that entry point and sort of I guess it's it's showing more of the action from her point of view I guess right yeah you know, she's in the game loads but I, I do feel she gets a bit short changed later in in that continuity with the Revan novel maybe we can talk about the Revan novel another time
2: oh I hate the Revan novel I was being sarcastic <laughs> earlier I hate it so <laughs>
0: uh-huh. yeah um it's it's lovely to think that there's you know, that that she's getting some treatment out there, and course maybe the, that maybe the audio drama can 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 let us see things from her perspective a bit more. Um, something I didn't yeah. know about Bastlashan until I was prepping for this episode was that in, in the initial writing process. thought might be that she would be vima sunrider uh the daughter of Nomi sunrider from the tales of the jedi comics which excited me no end um i'm glad that i'm glad that it's (laughs) i'm I'm glad that it's bastler i mean i i don't need all of my star wars to be all connected up all the time and the is a great character but i just thought Mm -hmm. it was interesting that um and was, she has the her, her, one of her big things is the battle meditation and her battle meditation power and that's very much a, a Nomi sunrider thing from the tales of the jedi comics so that's another nice nice little bit of lore um a little bit of lore yeah. love um what about you brian any any favorites or other names percolating up
1: yeah for sure so my favorite uh character in knights of the old republic is Jolie bindo who is a, a former a former jedi knight uh, who's now uh kind of walking walking the line the same way i guess that that ahsoka is uh, if you're more familiar with your current current star wars
0: you say the g word is, is, I, I am not going to
1: say i'm not going to i'm not going to say that i'm not going to say the g word that's a that's a dirty <laughs> word in star wars no he definitely is, is a great jedi and he's awesome uh Jolie is great uh you you meet him on the the forest floor of Kashyyyk. he's just there hanging out um uh cassie and i like in our kind of kind of own head canon that you know Jolie has known basically this whole story that's unfolding before his eyes but but he's very wise he's very kind of um, I don't know, mischievous in a way. Yeah, um, I like to I like to think that the, you know the the writers when they're putting this game together were were leaning a lot on like uh, Qui Gon Jinn as a character and the way mm. that they were writing and uh, thinking about Julie Bindo, but but I really like Julie as as a character because he allows you to see kind of kind of both sides of the coin without being uh completely <laughs> mysterious about it like a character that we might talk yeah. about um in a kotor 2 uh episode at some point um uh-huh. along the way so so i i really like jilly um as a character i think that his side mission in the game is uh probably my favorite one to do um it's uh it, and Year. Uh basically basically doing some uh, law and order uh with Jolie, uh doing a little bit of detective work uh which is which is really fun there and on manon uh so he's my favorite kind of kind of side character uh from that that standpoint but i really like him just as a as a star wars character because he kind of em- embodies what um almost like the thesis of kotor is right is that the you know the the jedi were you know, doing doing the right thing by doing the wrong thing, and he can kind of yeah. kind of point that out. And I think that that is a really neat kind of kind of character. The way that he's uh, written and portrayed in the game is great.
0: Yeah, and he's got a really great backstory, which um, sort of plugs into sort of some of the storylines from the Tales of the Jedi comics. I keep coming back to the Tales of the Jedi comics, um, but you know, it, so the, the, there's a lovely backstory there as well. Again, and more 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 lore love for, for folk who love that stuff mm-hmm. um I'll tell you one of my favorites is actually mission okay I, I, and I I know some folk find her a bit annoying um because she she does have this sort of annoying little sort of annoying teen sister vibe going on um but I have got a lot of time for mission she's the sort of Twi'lek um sort of sort of scrum rat kind of um character that that you come across in is it, Lower city, under city, one of the lower levels of terrace, anyway.
2: Oh, I forget. Um, it's lower city and then under city, so someone's going to be like yeah. middle city. What is she talking about? But
0: um, <laughs> yeah, don't at us.
2: Like mission kind of rep- kind of represents the childhood innocence, I think. Yeah. In the story.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of pathos. There's a lot of grown-up stuff going on. It's just kind of nice that there's somebody there who's sort of. She sees the world in kind of more black and white. She's very down on her brother's girlfriend, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but I guess I guess depending how you play things does have an arc with even with that. Um, which, which is interesting.
1: And there's there's a great there's a great um thing, and I actually only stumbled across it on my most recent playthrough. Um, I had mission in my party on. Uh, Tatooine, which is not something that I intended to, but you get to kind of a certain point, and then whatever party you have, um, you're kind of stuck with going forward, and you're kind of walking mm. across the desert to meet the Krayt Dragon, and uh, Mission and Bastila are talking, and Bastila uses the Force to trip Mission, because you know Mission says she should use the Force to do something, and Bastila says, well, you can't use it for things like that. You have to use it <laughs> for serious stuff, and then she uses it to trip Mission, uh, which I think is really hilarious, and there's all sorts of little nuggets like that, um, depending on who you have uh, in your party at any given time,, yeah. so there's like there's like complete stories that, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, people that have played the game, you know, ten times. there's still stuff to be found. It's wild, yeah, it's great.
0: And of course, mission comes kind of as a double bill with um a wookie uh, Zalbar. um, and and I kind of enjoyed his story, which we don't really get into much until we hit Kashyyyk. And then, then it's a bit. Then it's, 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 it drives part of sort of the the, the story there, um, and probably probably one of the deeper dives into Wookiee culture that we've ever seen. Really, I, I'm, I'm struggling mm-hmm. to. You know, I'm my, my my legends knowledge is is patchy, particularly post Return of the Jedi stuff. I, I'm really patchy. I've got a lot of catching up to do still, um, but it, it feels like this is one of the most sort of more uh, immersive, deeper dives into into Wookiee culture.
2: Yeah, yeah. you get to see Big Z go through his own hero's journey. It's kind of like the Lion King, you know? Uh, Mm. And I love the Wookiee culture, and we've kind of talked in depth about it. uh, Just like a lot of the cool layers that BioWare uh, put in, kind of like, I guess, like you could say, like anti colonialism uh, messages Mm -hmm. and stuff like that.
0: Yes, with what's the name of the corporation who have set up shop all well, over the place? The Corporation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I it's certainly on my latest playthrough um, of it. It was the first time I played the game through since reading Shatterpoint, which is the mm. the, the Mace Windu Clone Wars Windu, novel yeah. in the Legends continuity. Uh, w- 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 which I which I read sort of in tandem with not in tandem with but sort of immediately after a read through of Heart of Darkness, Because I wanted to do kind of a because Shatterpoint is kind of a Heart of Darkness slash Apocalypse Now but Star Wars, so I kind of I I did the I did the triptych I did I read Heart of Darkness I watched Apocalypse Now then I read Shatterpoint, so in my yeah. in my brain sort of Shatterpoint is kind of infused with all this anti colonial stuff that's you know all through uh, apocalypse now and that i guess is unwittingly in heart of darkness heart of darkness isn't necessarily anti-colonial it's just colonial awfulness sometimes but as a modern reader you see it um mm-hmm. but yeah so, so so when i was playing that bit of kashique this time around I, I was getting that kind of same vibe sort of jungle planet but sort of um the, the, the this awful corporation have got their their claws in so deep um it's yeah it's, it's interesting stuff um who is left on the list
2: so we talked about big z we have candor sordo yeah. um In the, in kotor he's kind of like a a big tough guy you know um, who mm-hmm. fought he was a mandalorian in the mandalorian wars against uh malak and Revan so I think he's more interesting honestly in
0: KOTOR 2 he is I agree yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I was kind of surprised to see him pop up and have such a prominent role in the Revan novel um, Mm -hmm. because I I read that before I played KOTOR 2 so having played KOTOR 2 I now see why he has a big role in the Revan novel because I guess they're joining dots to a degree in, in that novel. um, But he didn't leave much of an impression on me in this game.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fair. And uh, we always kind of question his, uh, his reasoning for wanting to go along with us anyway, other than just needed a, a ride off of Terrace, basically. Um, it was kind of, kind of why he ended up uh, joining in uh, with the team. But yeah, Kanderous is, is interesting um, from the standpoint, I guess that he's a Mandalorian and that's kind of always been just a Star Wars culture that people are interested in Um you know a way back since uh, Empire Strikes back for sure so um he's kind of interesting in that way um you also have uh Juhani uh who is um uh, a Jedi uh, the, the... I guess um who's kind of kind of lost her way and you end up having that fight I think that you'd uh brought it up there Johnny out in the um, yeah kind of this kind of temple region of Bantuin. and I think that um she's an interesting character because you see kind of her story um kind of mimicking um you know the other lost Jedi even uh Revan's story um in a lot of ways uh Juhani's um, important from the the fact that Giovanni was the first lgbtq uh star wars character uh which is which is great um and yeah she, she's very uh, useful to have in your party uh being being a jedi but i think that that her story um you know balances really well and it kind of gives you kind of insight i think to revan's story um because mm-hmm. one of the things that's interesting about all of the the characters we still have another couple to get through here but you know revan you know that's that's the character that you're being your memory was wiped so so Revan's story really is kind of on pause and you're really living the story through everyone else's
0: story mm. if you get what I'm get what I'm trying to say there yeah yeah absolutely uh, and of course rounding out the party we, there, there are two droids um w- 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 one is a bit of a cutie and the other one um wants to kill everyone <laughs> yes. um so the we, we've got t3m4 who's sort of the he's he's an Mech, isn't he
1: mm-hmm. yeah yep. i'm
2: surprised isn't you it? didn't like mention him first brian so
1: i i know i know i was i was remiss and forgetting uh the astro droid there uh t3m4 <laughs> yeah t3m4 is great you just kind of stumble across him uh you need his you need his help so you buy him from a from a junk shop and then uh it's gonna be pretty useful but yeah he's 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 pretty cute he's also uh, I don't. I don't know if it's specifically T three M four, but there is a, a an artist illustration in the um was it the the Star Wars uh, Holiday for Light and Life book. Is that what it, is that what the name of the book is called?
2: Yeah, uh, it's like a an illustration
1: a, of that model of, of droid in there.
0: Yeah, so that's cool.
2: That looks like him. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, Kotors cannon.
0: I make the rules. <laughs> so uh, the cannon hammer yeah. has fallen. Yeah, and
2: then HK four seven man.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. HK forty seven. Yeah. I mean, it, was this the first time we saw one of those hunter killer droids? This is this is where that model of droid comes from, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I believe I believe it was the first time. Yeah. I uh, pretty sure.
2: And yeah. it's kind of like not H. It, it's HK forty seven, not AK forty seven. So uh-huh. it's like, oh, cool <laughs> pun there. You know.
0: I had I had never never realized that uh, but it seems really obvious now.
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people really, really like HK and I think like Brian and I, it's like I don't know, it's not like we don't like him, it's just I, I think we just don't like him as much as everyone else does.
0: I mean, he, I guess he. it feels to me like he's sort of the template for the quirky misanthropic droid and we've seen more of those more recently mm-hmm. in in. In canon and elsewhere, but I'm guessing this is kind of where it starts as far mm-hmm. as Star Wars' obsession with quirky, perhaps malfunctioning misanthropes goes.
1: Yeah. And I wanna I wanna say that they were they were writing and like recorded the dialogue for HK 47 as kind of like a like a like a stand-in or like a like a placeholder kind of thing, but then you know the team thought that you know the dialogue was so great, they just decided to leave it in, uh, which is pretty fun. But yeah, HK 47 is definitely a fan favorite um for sure mm. um and yeah i mean uh that's pretty good it's uh, revan's droid you meet up uh with hk on on tatooine and uh joins the party he recognizes uh, revan uh but you know you don't you don't recognize yourself yet so you don't know that that he's your droid but he he joins up the party and uh, yeah. helps you uh, a bit of translating out in the desert but definitely helps you in the uh the hunter killer arena a little more
0: i can't remember from my playthroughs where is it just a coincidence that we trip across him on Tatooine, or is there a particular reason that he was there? Do we? I can't remember if we ever find out.
2: I I think, like, HK always had his memory white uh, mm-hmm. while he was on missions, and then, like, Revan would restore his memories between missions, and then because of what happened to Revan, um, HK kind of forgot about uh who he was who he worked for uh so you kind of you kind of figure it out a little bit in kotor 1 and you kind of have to rebuild him in kotor 2 you know uh yeah that's kind of like uh, that's that's interesting it's a it's like a game video game motif you know but uh he he can be kind of like quippy and stuff and i guess he's kind of like k2so uh in in that sense you know Mm. um yeah Oh, yeah
0: yeah K- k2so has definite hk47 energy for sure okay.
1: yeah yeah k2so the um uh triple zero uh doc Dr. uh, droid is it the same kind of thing yeah
0: the, uh, absolutely yeah but but you're right but it, 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 hk47 is the original murder bot and every everyone <laughs> else has right. kind of been channeling that ever ever since um but I guess you know, H.K. is uh, as um, murderous in, in intent as he is. He's not the real big bad here. Uh, the real big bad here is, is Darth Malak, really. Um, and he's a character whose backstory was fleshed out a little more by the Knights of the Old Republic comic series. We we see quite a bit of um, the Jedi called Alec. He's a fairly decent Jedi there, even if he's vying for Zin, you know, for, for Jariel's affections uh, against our boy Zian Carrick. Um, But here he is, the big bad. Um, what is his goal here, and do you enjoy him as a villain? Cassia.
2: Okay, so I think, like, in KOTOR, um, on the surface level, Malik is kind of just like he's like Darth Vader, he has a mechanical jaw and he kind of laughs, like mm. ha ha ha. But the more you kind of delve into the characters of everything, I think Malik is more interesting. And, um, I think that Malik is someone who, even as a Jedi, and um. Fighting the Mandalorian Wars and as a Sith was kind of defined by feeling uh, subservient to Revan. So I think Mm -hmm. he kind of like got obsessed with that. And so he just wants to, I don't know, in a way become Revan and like just take him off the map. But then he survives and like he's just kind of not able to move on
1: yeah for sure um you know kind of kind of the premise of the game is you're it's basically like a race against the clock almost to beat uh malik to what is you know called the star forge here which is um kind of this big super weapon factory uh that you're trying to get to based on this uh, kind of ancient technology in a in a race between the the sith and the, the republic to get this thing uh first so that's that's kind of what uh, what his ob- objective is in the game but i think that um, malik is a really interesting character um, on my first couple of playthroughs i i didn't really get much out of him other than what cassie is saying you know you, you need a you need a villain you can kind of be like darth vader right he's just he's just the bad guy you need to need to get into but if you kind of think about the story a little bit more and a little bit more analytically and you're um you know kind of you know reflecting on on Malik and what he's doing and why he's doing it he becomes far more interesting and then um you know we've already uh, given kind of the kind of the spoiler warning but you get to a point in the game uh where basically uh you're separated from Bastila and he ends up you know turning Bastila you know over to to the dark side. And I think that that is that is really interesting coming, you know, from a character who is, you know, kind of a a fallen Jedi in his own right, has kind of been down this path uh, with Revan and is now, you know, kind of kind of taken up that throne, uh, so to speak, and, you know, uh, turns one of your your party members, your your lead party member, um, basically. Um, I think that that is it's it's really interesting. And it's it's really interesting um, kind of Star Wars story that you hadn't really gotten before um in terms of, you know, if you just watched, you know, the movies or played the video games, right? The bad guys were yeah. always bad, the good wives were always good. But but here, um, the storytelling within, you know, Malik as the villain is a, it's really more um, you know, kind of kind of nebulous than that, right? It can, you know, these things can shift around and i yeah. I think that he's really interesting uh kind of from from that standpoint um and almost this uh very very tragic character so you know similar to darth vader um in that sense but uh kind of got you know led down a different path um in a way yeah
0: yeah It it, it it's interesting you, you mentioned tragedy because it, it it does feel that way in the end you know you, you you know you do have that final confrontation with him inevitably but you know you you still I mean, you still feel that you know that this guy was my Padawan mm-hmm. there is some emotional heft to the whole thing um which is i think surprisingly satisfying and and i kind of I don't know why I keep being surprised by the fact that the The game is satisfying. The story is satisfying because again, maybe it comes back to my prejudices about sort of the game mechanic, etc. But somehow, all of these elements keep coming together, and when you get to sort of a big concluding story beat like that, it really lands and really, really works. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and, and sometimes in a surprising way.
2: Yeah, because when when Malik dies, like I don't think he turns to the light side at the end, but I think he's Mm. able to kind of see clearly for the first Mm -hmm, time like yeah he's kind of like dying from like uh being killed by Revan and he's like I kind of I kind of see the truth now you know and uh Mm -hmm. I kind of like that they don't like just give everyone a redemption story but I think he's able to die on his own terms
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we we didn't even bring it up and it's it's honestly not a thought that i really think about too much until right now um but you know we talked about the twist obviously is that you know your revan um is is kind of the twist and and this but at the time that you're finding out that you're revan you know malik has taken you know Bastila, you know a queen of the of the jedi padawans and and turned her uh or separated her from the party right and she shows back up uh turned to the dark side you know that's almost as big of a twist <laughs> as the as the Revan thing yeah. really if you think about it that would be a huge monumental twist kind of in any other story it gets overshadowed because of Revan but um you know that that's just it, it's wild to think that you know there are these you know kind of two two huge twists that are happening you know almost simultaneously um in the story yeah. and you don't even you don't even really kind of kind of comprehend that um, at least at least I don't in the time so
0: yeah yeah that Bastilla one maybe doesn't quite get enough room to breathe in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Given where it falls in the story. Yeah.
2: I mean, she's kind of someone who tries to pass herself off as, like, an Obi-Wan, like, perfect Jedi. But the mm. more, like, you kind of learn about her, like, she kind of has a background. Like, Anakin, like, she remembers her parents uh, and just kind of, like, kind of became a Jedi. And uh, the Jedi on Dantooine, like, they probably... Should lose like a star from their Yelp rating or something because all the <laughs> Jedi there fall to the dark side, you know. um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just the graduation
1: think, like, rate is not high. Yeah,
2: the graduation <laughs> they went to Sith. I mean, they graduated. They just went to the dark side. True, you know. Um, so it's kind of like, and you kind of just see like the unhealthy coping mechanisms. Like it'll, it, it kind of seems culty on Dantooine. Um, so like. When I first played it, I was like, she turned to the dark side. But like, when you kind of go beneath the surface and play it a few more times, like, it really, it really seems obvious, you know? And (laughs) um, I think that's why I was so drawn to like kind of writing the Bastila audio drama because um, not that I don't think that like Bastila was like, a good character um like i think she's a great character you know but i think like maybe if the game had just come out like maybe a few years later uh um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: maybe she would be seen not just like as uh a secondary character but kind of like a, yeah. a co protagonist
0: i agree she would be much better served in a in a in a, in a remake, if that remake ever happened, uh, I think it's you know yeah, um, she she's one of those female characters from this era that I I think is underserved, um, despite having a lot of promise, Um up, up up there with, for me with folk like Nomi Sunrider, um, is an, another female character from this era more or less uh, from the Legends timeline that you know fantastic premise for the character but actually as the story went along kind of is 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 woefully underused and woefully underserved by the story that that they're given um and and while Bastila does have interesting very interesting story beats as you said Brian you know there's this amazing twist but we're not seeing enough of it from her we're not we, we, don't, we don't know we still don't know much about it, about Bastila's interior life you know and that, and that mm-hmm. that's right. some, that's something that I would really like more of you know Um, Before we get to final thoughts on on, on this game, is there anything that we've missed out that we should really bring up? You know, whether for the benefit of listeners who maybe don't know the game uh, or or just because it's something that you love in the game that deserves a shout out or just something obvious that we've missed.
1: Um, I think um, I would just like to... To point out that, you know, we, we kind of went through the the cast of characters here um in the story. And one of the things that the game does really, really well is they encourage you to kind of explore the story of each of those characters and the way that they mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of lay the story out. So each each location has kind of a a side story, uh section that you can do but you can only do it with certain characters so it really encourages you to to play around with the you know the the cast that you're taking off the evan hawk with you right you get to take two companions um and you know normally you you take uh jedi because because they're the the strongest yeah, and, and the best and the and the best for battle they can they can heal and, uh, and all that stuff so that's that's pretty good but you know you're you're encouraged to kind of take you know other characters with you to really get more of this you know story told to you to to play out these other kind of kind of side stories and flesh out these characters even more because these characters you know for a game that came out um you know 20 years ago are really really deep they, these are very well written characters very well kind of fleshed out uh characters uh which is which is pretty crazy pretty neat to neat to think yeah. and um you know we're kind of kind of get into the legacy piece of of the story here but but yeah i think it's worthwhile to you know to not only play the game just to to kind of run through the story but to to get more background on these characters because by all accounts at least in my eyes that these are really well written well created and crafted uh star wars characters so their stories are worth checking out
0: yeah for sure cassia what about you
2: yeah, I just love uh KOTOR, and I think at its surface it's a great game, you know, a uh, classic Star Wars game, classic game in general from 2003. But it has a 20 year legacy, uh, we're still talking about it, you know, a lot of other people too. Um, and just if you kind of uh dive deeper into the story and characters like uh there's just so many uh levels that it's cool that uh Bioware kind of thought about you know in 2003 and -hmm. I just love the story and and the characters and um I just think the thesis of KOTOR like from the light side canonical legendary you know fantasy perspective mm-hmm. is um help people become better you know like counsel yeah not not cancel you know like death doesn't have to like redemption doesn't have to equal death you know like people can have second chances
0: fantastic yeah what about final thoughts then on this? Um, I mean, it's, it's hardly final thoughts for you two because I know this game is rarely far from your thoughts. Um, yeah, for sure. Brian, what what about the legacy of this game and uh, and final thoughts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I this is uh, this is a game. It's it's twenty years old now. I remember. Um, Going out to to buy a pre-owned xbox because i didn't have an xbox when this when this game came out i was uh, in college i was uh relative relatively uh poor uh you know uh college kid right like i didn't have uh, xbox dollars um in hand for sure <laughs> so you know I had, to, I had to wait until i could afford like like a pre-owned one to go get it and then you know played this game and fell in love with it because you know for me it was the first time you could really go and explore and be a part of star wars in that way right you have um you know kind of more uh, real world options now if you're able to to make the trip to disneyland or disney world and and go live out some star wars adventures on your own but this was the first time that that we got to to do that on our own to go um pick a planet and go explore um as yourself in in a game that's that's awesome and you know you have you have more modern games now right you have jedi survivor but you're playing cal kestis's story and and kotor you're playing your story uh which is amazing mm-hmm. um And and for me that's that's why it was kind of special um, at the time that it came out. Um, You know, obviously, like like I said, we have a lot more kind of options to explore the Star Wars world and and now. But you know, it was was so novel at the time that it came out, and then the the depth of the characters, the way that the story unfolds, the way that it just kind of kind of sucks you in. There's something very Star Wars about Knights of the Old Republic Uh and you know obviously Star Wars is something that that we all love you know the three of us here obviously but everyone listening to this episode you know is someone that loves Star Wars and can identify things within you know the galaxy far far away that are really appealing to them Um, and just the story and being able to to live it and live in it for you know that length of time for me was, was why it was so important and why it remains so important. And, um, you know, J- Johnny, just on your, your Instagram, uh, today or yesterday, uh, I saw a mm-hmm. pretty awesome epic picture of you standing, uh, with the Darth Revan. Uh, so clearly yeah. you know, these, these characters are still, you know, as important to, to people as, as they ever were. And it just, it's, it's enduring to people. And I think that, you know, being able to, to play a story like this is just so kind of, kind of deeply personal uh, to people, um, in almost a way that, that, you know, a, a book can be, um, or a movie can be, but, you know, getting to really, you know, kind of just, just live in this world for, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours is just something
0: that's real special. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was kind of wild today, actually. I, I was at my local Comic-Con here in Northern Ireland and, uh, but today I, I just happened to see a guy dressed as Revan and I, I'd never seen a Revan at Northern Ireland Comic-Con before. So uh, yeah, I I had to grab a photograph with him because obviously, how fitting that I was going to be talking to you guys this <laughs> evening uh, about Revan and yeah. and KOTOR.
1: Yeah, and 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 hats hats off to that cosplayer because the the costume looked pretty good in the picture. Yeah, cosplay so. awesome. It was,
0: it was really good. It was it was it was an excellent costume, but also the the venue. We don't do aircon very well in this country, folks it's because i guess we we're meant to have sort of moderate weather so we don't do extremes so we haven't really got the aircon infrastructure um and yeah it was hot it was really hot (laughs) today we're having a mini heat wave now The, the the summer had ended and the pumpkin spice lattes had arrived and then suddenly the summer came back with the vengeance this week. And it's it's been so warm. So all those cosplayers today walking around with buckets on their heads. Uh, I don't know how they did it, um, but amazing stuff. Uh, all of which is, is is an aside. Cassia, what are your final thoughts on KOTOR?
2: I think KOTOR, it, it's easier to play it now more than ever. You can play it on That's a right. Switch. You can play it on a laptop, PC xbox if you want to find one you know maybe one day the remake will come out that'll be awesome but you can even watch different playthroughs on youtube and like there's like lots of like players who like do the male or the female route the dark side light side route and there's people uh talking about like the story and characters not just us you know uh, there's yeah. incredible cosplayers. Uh, I think it's it's one of those Star Wars stories that is still with us, uh, even though it's like not like canon. Canon, you know. So
0: yeah, it's it's it sort of. I think a lot of the old Republic stuff, um, the, the old Republic era stuff, kind of ha, has enjoyed slightly more like longevity in the fan consciousness, despite the canon reset, simply because yeah. it's 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 so long ago in the timeline that. Mm-hmm it kind of doesn't matter. It's been kind of it's been relatively unaffected by the canon reset. So if you're interested in the ancient lore, this stuff is still where you have to go to find it because the, the new canon hasn't really explored this stuff yet. We're getting a Dawn of the Jedi movie, allegedly, in, in a few years' time, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. But, we'll um, yeah, yeah. I would concur with you, Cassia. The game is more accessible now than ever, uh, I, I first played it in sort of 2015 on a phone. You know, it's on phones, it's on switches, you know, it, it you can still play it on, on computers. And despite all my reservations about the kind of game it is and sort of, you know, what, what, what to me might, might be sort of f- feel like slightly clunky gameplay at times. And uh, there are quirks to it Um, that, that, that date it, I guess. Despite mm-hmm. all, in spite of all of that, I love this story and i would encourage anyone listening to find a way to throw yourself into it and um, push through any sort of initial resistance you're meeting in terms of the gameplay style etc because there are riches to be had in in that game i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's going to wrap it up for us then brian and cassia it has been lovely to talk to you thank you so much for joining me today uh, and, and for your patience, peek behind the curtain. We had some technical difficulties today, um, <laughs> but I'm so, but I'm so thrilled that we persisted uh, uh, and have been able to have this chat folks. Why don't you tell folks listening where they can find you? If you don't mind being found, whether it's the podcast or, or, or any, any, anything else um, that you've got going on Cassia.
2: Yeah. So you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, basically, whether it's YouTube uh apple podcast spotify um we're just uh the old republic podcast and it's just uh our logo is orp with the revan helmet and um we have a discord if you want to join it's it's mostly me saying like hey look i read this book you know uh <laughs> of yeah. And, yeah and we have the audio drama coming out and uh yeah, it's been a blast.
1: Yeah, just uh, follow this wherever you're listening to uh, this podcast. Uh, go ahead, uh, leave this one a five star review, and then go find us. Yeah, just Old Republic podcast. Um, you can connect with uh, me. I'm on Instagram. It's at astro underscore droid underscore, and I just post uh, whatever nonsensical Star Wars thing I just uh, picked up or am doing. It's kind of just a just a diary of whatever Star Wars stuff I've got going on. So uh, shoot me a message there if you want to get it on the Discord or uh, have any. Uh, comments or uh, any questions about KOTOR, we're happy to help uh, there. You can check out the YouTube uh, page. That's where the audio drama uh, is Going up first, uh, we have all of our episodes there. We do occasional like unboxings, and we've had a couple other uh, little fun skits and things on there too. If you want to go back through that stuff, so that is all all fun. But uh, yeah, Johnny, thank you so much for having us on. It's been an absolute blast. Um, we've been we've been a couple weeks on on our own podcast from talking about Knights of the Old Republic, so it was fun to to get back into it a little bit with you tonight. Yeah,
0: you, you you've been diving into the hero's journey, and uh, the last one I listened to was your your dive into Kurosawa's. The Hidden Fortress, which was a excellent listen. Oh, thank um, you. Um, thank you. So yeah, lot lots of treats on offer there, folks, uh in the Old Republic podcast feed. Get on it. Um, And of course, you can find me on Instagram, threads or Facebook as at Journals of the Wills. That's Journals with an S and Wills with an H Uh, or on Twitter as at Journals Wills, because the other name was too long for Twitter. Uh, (laughs) And of course, you can reach out to the podcast team uh, and there you're looking for at SWBC Podcast. Uh, coming up on the podcast next week, we've got a round table discussion of Delilah S. Dawson's super novel, Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. Uh, and of course, *Canon Ketchup is back. Uh, where Dan and Co will be talking about middle grade book smugglers run. Uh, and Legends Library will be back talking about Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords. In the meantime, it's a goodbye from Cassia. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from Brian. All right. Goodbye, everyone. That's a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, folks, and may the Force be with you.